Hey, what's up? It's your boys, Jordan and Abraham. He's a professional runner, so he's your fast friend. I'm an MD-PhD student, so I'm your smart friend. But most importantly, we are your friends who read One Piece. And this week, we're going to be talking about chapter 1109. It's a pretty hype chapter. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I thought it was kind of a tease overall. Because we all went into it with the expectation that we were going to learn about what this message was. And we kind of just got you know, pulled, on, pulled on a little further, on, like on a string, like, a, like a, a rabbit chasing a carrot, you know. And we never really got an answer to that by the end of the chapter. But I still enjoyed the chapter nonetheless. Jordan, why don't you give me a rundown of some of the things that happened this week? Yeah, man. Well, Vegapunk said he's going to give the world 10 minutes to turn their transp- video transponders on for a big announcement. That 10 minutes, as you were saying, obviously is taking at least one chapter. The Elder Stars suggests a dead man switch program to go off. And when Vegapunk died, we see the whole world listening. Whoop slap Rebecca, VV Iceberg, and even Dragon silently. Luffy hits Saturn and Kizaru with the booming dawn symbols. Kizaru gets spanked. Saturn comes back like a UFO with no damage. And at the end of the chapter, in a huge double spread, four pillars of black lightning appear. As Saturn it seems to be summoning all four of the other Elder Stars to Egghead, the planets are aligning, the narrator says, as the chapter closes. So, man... I would really hate to be a dummy with the inability to imagine that the egghead incident was anything more than Saturn being defeated. Uh, huh, Abraham? What do, you, what do you think? Whoa, whoa. I never said... <laughs> you See, you know what I... I First of all, this man called me a dummy. That's, dude, we're, we're going to just move past that disrespect. Like, like it never happened. This guy, you like to re- misrepresent my opinions. I never said the egghead island couldn't be more than Saturn being defeated. I just said, I think this is what the egghead island will be. I'm just saying, I, I was, I'm just... I've always, I've, you know, you know what you like, you know what's funny, you know what's funny is that you, you like that be in this position where you're like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't really have any ideas myself because I don't remember you throwing out. You definitely didn't throw this out. You, you didn't, you didn't throw all of this stuff out. <laughs> so you like to be in this nice place where you're like. I'm gonna I'm gonna act like what you said was wrong when I don't want to give out I don't want to give out any options just cause just 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 cause just cause so you know I'm 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 glad you feel comfortable standing with that because <laughs> I could couldn't be me. <laughs> hey man, I think I've given out a few options and I've definitely had uh, a few theories and things like that. Um, I'm just saying it was the imagination to believe that we're going to learn something about the energy and nature of the world that's a little different. And, you know, maybe some some options for that might come up in S-Class and F-Class today. Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do want to mention from last week, we talked about the archaeologists and whether the clover coming back would be really um, feel really cheap. Uh, I actually went back and read some of those old volumes. I wish I was at home. I'm in a hotel in Chicago right now, so I could actually know what exactly which volume it was. But I think it was like 42 or something, the one that has Robin's backstory. One thing that's worth noting is we never actually do see Nico, Olvia, and Clover die together. 
Uh, we we see Clover get shot, but apparently the old men in this series have incredible vitality. And just like Vegapunk, he just got shot. And next thing you know, we see both of them shoveling books into the water in O'Hara. But I'm really inclined to believe that Nico Ovia is the person with the Giants on Elbaf, in part because of her strong connection with Saul. But also, one thing that I think a lot of us may have overlooked is... During that arc, the people who traveled with Nico Ovia say there's something that only she knows. And to this day, we have no idea what it is that only Nico Ovia knows. I think that has to be another one of these just slightly hidden Oda reveals that we're going to get in the coming arcs, you know, another 700 chapters after that, that will be something that sort of changes changes the narrative. So I'm really inclined to believe that the thing that we both wanted, Nico Ovia being the person who's alive, is is going to be true. I like that you threw in her relationship and her close ties to Saul. Like, you, you, you're just going to forget that when I first brought up Nico Ovia, it was in the context of, oh yeah, maybe, maybe this is her and Saul on this ship. <laughs> just were like that's ridiculous why would those two be together i'm glad you've moved forward <laughs> and that the two of them are closely tied to one another i agree nico ovia would be I-, I would much prefer her to be the archaeologist that we meet in the future rather than professor Clover. Hey, as long as they weren't the ones who were coming to rescue everyone on egghead i'll be perfectly perfectly happy with that <laughs> So look, I've moved forward, I've learned, and we're in a better place, Abraham. Thank you. Okay, that's great. I want to talk about what the Gorosei's abilities are. We get, I I think, two pieces, two, two, two hints um, in this chapter, two pretty substantial hints, right? One, we have Saturn appearing to telecommunicate with all of the Gorosei. I don't think there's... The way the, the speech bubbles are drawn, it doesn't seem like it's out like uh, out loud speech, right? It it, it seems like there's uh, some telepathy that's happening, telecommunication between these Gorosei. So kind of like a, a, a Rinnegan thing where, you know, all the eyes are connected. Maybe there's a thing with the Gorosei where all of their minds are kind of connected to one another. I don't know, but at the very least, it does look like they can communicate with each other. And another thing that I feel like we've all been pointing out these last couple of chapters is that they do look like they're just massive damage tanks. Luffy himself points out, what do I need to do to put you down? And, oh, the third thing. Apparently, they can just summon each other. Because that's what it looks like just happens at the end of the chapter. Yeah, that's crazy, what do you huh? think? What do you think most? I think the the one I'm most interested in talking about is that first point about the telecommunication. But what do you think overall about their abilities? Do you think that's a, a pretty accurate summary of what we've had gotten in the story so far? Or did you have a different interpretation of what we saw this chapter? I think those are the, those are all exactly what I saw. I, I get, yeah, it's true that we don't really have any sort of precedent for them being able for anyone being able to just telecommunicate like that in the series, unless I'm wrong. Besides just the voice of all things, so it's an interesting question if if this is related to that kind of power of like Momonosuke being able to talk to Zanisha, uh, Luffy being able to talk to 
Law's crewmates who were under uh, Wano and under Onigashima when he was sinking. But those are things that we've only really seen from, I don't know, like pure heart characters kind of, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now we had these dudes turning into evil spiders, summoning people with black lightning, having that. So there doesn't really seem to be any kind of precedent for just being able to do that at will in this way, right? Yeah. And I will say, when we do get stuff like the voice of all things, you know, obviously someone like Zunisha is alive, but it's never been like, Luffy and Momo can't communicate using like the voice of all things, for example, right? Right, right. This is the first example of, and and even Luffy himself, it's he couldn't respond to the Zunisha's. Momo could respond to Zunisha's voice. Momo Um, could order Zunisha, but Luffy was able to telecommunicate with Laws people. Mm. When he was like, "Come get me under Onigashima." That's true. That's true. Yeah. I guess I was thinking this is the first example we actually have of people like a a whole ass conversation. Like this seems right. to be if not different from the voice of all things, at least a step forward from that. It's the ability to do it completely at will. Mm-hmm. Also at what seems like an impossible distance, right? I don't right. know exactly where Egghead Island is, but it, I know it's not close to Marajoa. Yeah. Whereas obviously with things like Zunisha and, you know, and and uh, and Momonosuke, like you're talking about things where people are all really close to each other. To me, it really brings up the question of what's the core of, like, what is the nature of the Elder Stars? Are they even actually separate beings or are they all sort of part of some kind of, are they part of like some sort of, what would you call it? I don't know, giant evil being where they're all unified in some kind of Monica thing. Hive, like they're... Right? It's it's like Emu, yeah, yeah. Emu is the like, you know, the the hub, the Stella or whatever. And then these are like there's like a hive mind, right? Bro, that's so crazy because that's just like the uteron theory that you said was so dumb, where it's like Voldemort. Like Voldemort, this is not souls. I'm not saying this. Hey, these hey, are these so are Emu souls. That's so crazy Bro. because it's just like the Voldemort theory, where it's like you, you 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 might need to bring that bring that back up again because I don't I don't even remember that. I just remember thinking this is this is a Harry Potter ripoff. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, and 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 then I watched his next video and he had Voldemort and Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, it's like Harry Potter. <laughs> That's, we mean, can do better. We can do better than Harry Potter. Well, just I love idea, Harry Potter. <laughs> the idea that it's different consciousnesses, I think, is different parts of the same consciousness. Doesn't have to right. Like one, One Piece has been going on for as long as you know Harry Potter's been around. Like you know, so I I don't know how long Oda has had the Elder Stars planned. Obviously, they showed up uh, years and years and years. And years ago, but I don't think we really have to be like this is derivative of Harry Potter, especially for a series that's been going on longer than these characters were introduced before that was revealed in Harry Potter, almost certainly. But I think the idea that they would be part of the same consciousness and that consciousness being related to him would be, I don't know, I think I personally think that that's pretty cool and seems like a solid explanation for how they're, why we always seem together, how they're able to all communicate and summon each other and call it the summoning. I was like, that went kind of hard when he was like, I shall perform the summoning. 
Yeah. No, but no, also, that was crazy. Yeah. Sure. And, but also is the fact that it's sort of different aspects of a personality or different aspects of a ruler, you might say, that are split up among the personalities. Like, I don't remember what they all are, but like, you know, Saturn is like the science. There was an economics one. There's, you yeah. know, all kinds of other whatever, yeah. whatever they were. I mean, that's I basically, I, yeah, I, 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 that's basically what we're getting from Vegapunk, right? Like, it's literally what Vegapunk did with his own body, which is part of the reason why I don't think we'll get that again in the story, right? I think it'd be interesting if they all, like, there's, these are some kind of demonic devil fruits and, you know, their powers are all, it's their devil fruit powers or whatever that allow them to communicate with one another. But if they're just, like, all offshoots of Emu, it does feel like that's a rehash of just, like, what Vegapunk no, already man, did. No, I, I feel like that's the exact reason for it to be like that. Like, we're being introduced to the, the idea of consciousness splitting through Vegapunk yeah. in this arc. And as we're introduced to that, we get a parallel example of what that's looked like on the grandest scale, right? Like similar to that theory we brought up last time where it's everything that Vegapunk does is something that's kind of like imitating something that either happened or that was more successful or bigger in the ancient kingdom, etc. Obviously, we don't think that these guys are ancient kingdom, but it's sort of like we see Vegapunk doing this on a small scale. Mm. And then when you see, and then that science, that's been around that Vegapunk doesn't even understand everything in, in, in the history of science. We're now seeing what that looks like from someone who's been around all the way through that era of, of development, high science, where a robot came from, except that person is super evil and has five people who like, look like little demon spiders and turn into crazy little things coming out. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, again, I personally, don't think it's the same similar to I don't think Blackbeard is gonna get Kaido's devil fruit because I know it's not the same thing, but I don't think Blackbeard's gonna get his devil fruit because we're not gonna get a whole nother fight where right we're right. up against the exact same power that we were just up against. It's I I, I don't think Oda is gonna want to reuse that that whole idea that he used with Vegapunk, but I could be wrong. I don't I, I wouldn't be against it. I just don't think that's what's gonna happen. I want to move no, on list, to some list it down, power list it down, list it down, list it down on our notes. You know, make that an official Jordan prediction. I want, okay, that, I want that listed. Hey, you know we're not doing I, predictions this. We're not doing predictions this week because there's no chapter this week. But you can make that your official prediction next week. How about that? I'm just saying I don't want to hear any Jordan doesn't make real predictions. I, I'm making a real <laughs> prediction right here. That's going to okay. be consciousnesses, and so I have a spine. Uh, in I your got words. you. I got you. I appreciate you. Um, power scaling. Two things. Actually, I, one we talked about last week. We briefly talked about last week. We don't really know how the Gorosei scale because I had mentioned if Luffy can one v two Luffy, uh, uh, Kizaru and Saturn, that where that scales Luffy to is ridiculous. Right on the in in this power, and I think this chapter we do get some evidence that you know Sat Pizarro himself looks like he's kind of down and out. Maybe he'll get back up, but Saturn definitely looks to be at the very least better at taking damage than Kizaru. I think we can right. be pretty confident that the Gorosei do actually 
like can they they can they they can actually fight and that they scale to like at least this admiral kind of level, uh, if not more so that. But so I guess my 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 main my two questions for you is where do you think Luffy scales right at this point in the story, and do you think that Kizaru's power scaling has been inconsistent this last chapter or two? Because I think the two of them yeah, are interrelated big, to one another. That's two big questions, well, man. I, I guess I, I, I'll answer the Luffy question because I feel like the your answer to the Luffy, the Luffy question is going to be dependent on whether or not you actually think he's always going all out in this chapter. Well, it also depends on how strong we think the Elder Stars are. I think we're in this point where we just say, oh, a new villain appears. So these dudes must be incredibly strong and they turn into demon spiders and... Uh, appear with black lightning, black lightning and when people and when they show up people's heads start exploding so they must be the strongest dudes ever but we really don't actually have any feats of combat from them you know the first thing we got was i guess what saturn like shot some random you know it, spears or something at luffy or maybe like tried to like stab him but we haven't actually seen saturn do anything besides make people's heads explode by showing up and so i think this is really interesting question of do the elder stars actually have combat ability well or are they just or are they just damage tanks maybe in some way related to that whole uh you know split parts of a consciousness that kind of thing where it's like we don't age stop going back to this we moved on from it (laughs) hey hey that's not the this argument can be made even if that's not true hey i just want you to know that i'm making predictions i don't know i'm just saying but (laughs) but that could be there's no necessarily there's no reason necessarily believe that they have intense like really strong combat abilities to this point all mm-hmm. we've done is seen them stab an old man uh and be a damage tank but there could be other reasons for being a tank i'll say this we don't have any hockey feats from them right but i di- i cuz i disagree with your idea that we don't have any feats from them like we see that when uh, Saturn transforms that his, I don't know, f- not Fang. Um, what are that? What's his leg? I guess when his leg touches that tree, about like how quickly it, like dies and withers up. Like, right, it's clearly right. he. They, I think they clearly have some offensive juice to them. Obvi- that I mean, that's obviously just poison, seems- though. You know, that's poison. That's sure. not combat. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know that that saying? is effective, right? Like we saw, we saw like for someone like Magellan, right? right. Granted, it was it was pre time skip, but like how effective just poison is, right? Sure. Um. So I I, that, I think that doesn't make we- them. That doesn't make them like you know like that's one thing being like we saw Magellan was effective with poison. That's another thing being like. You know, does this person even actually have the strength level of Kaido, for example, or like a strength level of an emperor? And that's something that I don't know if that's necessarily true. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. I don't expect him to have the strength level of an emperor. But we constantly use writing like, um, how do I put this? There are characters in the series that we don't have feats for. Many characters in the series that we don't have feats for that we scale to a certain level because of how they're written in the story, despite not having any feats, right? And like you said, 
the way the Gorosei were introduced into this story was extremely intimidating. We know that I know we the two of us disagree on who the final villain will be, but there's a possibility that these 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 are the ultimate henchmen of the who what could be the final villain in this series. Like there's there's a lot of narrative reasons to buy into the idea that these Gorosei are actually extremely powerful beings. Not to mention, you know, we do have this all of this like we we do have we know for a fact that they are damaged tanks right that was part of what made big mom so scary like big mom and kaido granted they had a lot right. of offensive juice to back it up but you basically just couldn't damage them right that was that was that was their huge thing so i think it would be unfair to just try and assume that like you know how in like court you're you're innocent until proven guilty I'm waiting for proof that the Gorosei are weak. And right now, everything that we've gotten in the story is just telling me that they're strong. So they're strong until shown that they're not any. And for me, but and you for, know, we're, we're not saying they're not, I'm not saying they're not strong. I'm just saying that, like, I want more info before I say that, like, defeating the two of them, Kizaru and, and Saturn, is the kind of feat that, like, we're talking about it as if it's, like, you, man, you, you, you just, like, one shot Kaido and Kizaru. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's, that's where I want to sure. pull back from because I think sure, we're not sure, sure. necessarily going to a whole level that's above yeah. where Kaido is. I, I agree. I don't think. I personally don't scale the Gorosei to Emperor level. I, I I would probably, based off of this last chapter, scale them to like a little bit above Admiral level. At least a little bit above Kizaru, right? Right. But that still is... You think about how that scales Luffy, especially if Luffy is about to fight all five of them at once. We don't know if that's what's actually going to go down in this next chapter. But, you know, some of our friends were complaining about, one of our friends, Samir in particular, was complaining about how it makes, it's going to make a lot of these fights, particularly the ones involving the Marines, feel kind of pointless if Luffy scales so far beyond them. Because to me, he does, he this is Oda scaling Luffy far beyond someone like Kizaru. And but I also think know, the brass tacks. Yeah, sorry. What were you going to say? Yeah. Also, you know, your, 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 our friend Ari or your buddy, was it Aaron or something? Uh, yeah. Was also pointing out a question of how hard is Kizaru trying? Like, we actually don't know how hard Kizaru is trying at this point. And so that really shapes our... Like, yeah. if you know, we've seen what a Marine looks like when he's not going all out in terms of Garp trying to stop Luffy in Marineford. And we have reason to believe that Kizaru might not have his heart fully in this fight against like, Centimaro, like against said, Vegapunk, and Bonnie. Yeah, yeah. But like I said in the group chat, I don't buy that. I don't think that's a good parallel. I don't think that's a good parallel because we saw in Marineford, Garp literally couldn't do anything. Even against... Like, the one thing he does in the war is punch Marco. That's it. He punches Marco as he's approaching the stadium, right? Mm. But against Luffy, he goes to throw a punch. He can't do it. He, you know, Ace gets killed. He goes to, like, attack a Kainu and whatnot, right? We see that Kizaru, as conflicted as he may be, because I do agree, 
he has some feelings for Bonnie and Sentomaru and them. He was ready to end Kuma and Bonnie until Sanji jumped in. He did finish Vegapunk. Like, I, I think it's almost certain that, you, you know, you see his heart, that Vegapunk is just dead at this point. So, even if he is conflicted, he's carrying out his mission. So, I don't like the comparison to Garp because Garp was conflicted and couldn't take any action in that whole arc. I don't think it th that's a good comparison. To me, if if in the coming chapters we get stuff like, oh, hey, Kizaru is the one who put the food out for Luffy to help him get to full health. Or, oh, hey, Kizaru, you like, you know, some one of the Marines or something like that that's there. Or we get some internal dialogue from Kizaru being like, you know, you were moving more slowly than you. Something like that actually tells us, oh, he didn't actually want to win. I'll buy it. But until then, he's he's been doing his job. He's the only one who's done it. Saturn hasn't done anything to this point in terms of uh, taking out Vegapunk or or Bonnie or Kuma. And I mean, it's hold, all on. He, he, hold on. Hold on, hold on. He stabbed Vegapunk through the chest. Like, That's hold true. on. He did. He did. He did. Like, he did. He, like he, he, he stabbed did. He did stab Sure. That's true. That's true. But most of the work has been done by Kizaru, right? So I don't I don't buy this. He's too conflicted to really be to have his whole heart in it. Because he's still carrying out his objective. He's still so giving us these I, he's still giving us these lines about not wanting to cry. He's still giving us some of these he's still giving us some of these faces though that make it seem like he's a little sad. I don't know, man. Like I, it might not be the same kind of thing as, as Garp, but it wouldn't surprise me if we have a little bit less than that. And we still just don't – we don't seem to see Saturn even trying to uh, guard against Luffy's attacks or trying to evade Luffy's attacks. So it just sort of makes me wonder how much damage – you know, we Luffy doesn't seem to be able to damage him, So, it, but it doesn't seem – it seems clear that he has that I'm a tank, but we don't really see any amount of like we haven't seen a single feat of offensive juice yet. Yeah. And that that just gives me that just gives me um pause in terms of proclaiming how strong that Luffy must be to make this happen. No, for sure. I think we're we're gonna get more of that in the coming chapters. But Abraham, you know, I do wanna talk for a second about when we went to all the ship decks of the world. Yeah. You know. I had this moment where I was like, dang, what's what's Nami doing with the dwarves? The, the dwarves are on Heghead? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, 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 it's Rebecca. And then I was like, wait, what's Nami doing in the sky? Like, Nami doesn't know where Luffy is? And then I was like, oh, no, 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 that's Vivi. And, you know, that's one thing that I've been actually thinking about a lot lately you know, as I go back and read some of the old volumes and compare the female character designs pre-time skip and post-time skip, obviously the bodies of the characters are some of the things that get the most criticism. But one thing that I think is under-discussed is how the facial designs of a lot of the women have become so much more similar and less distinct from each other as we could get into the second half of the series. Let me explain. If you look at Nami in the earlier, in, in, in before the time skip, 
she had she has a bigger mouth and obviously hair that's a bit more distinct. Yeah. And her eyes are a little show a little bit more depth to them. Now you see her often making this exact same face. Look 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 at the look at the frame that Rebecca shows up in first and look at the face that Vivi's showing up in. After yeah. I, it's the same face. If you look at Vivi before the time skip, she had a big forehead and when she smiled and opened her mouth like in the cha- in the cover I think of chapter 20 of volume 21, she has a yeah. big old smile that that spans her whole face. I think that's what I'm really disappointed in in the second half of this series and the female character designs, how similar they I mean, all look and how much less distinct they are yeah. facially. It's it, you're not the first person to point that out, obviously. Like <laughs> I feel like this is just something that people have known for a while. And to me, how do I put this? I don't care all that much because one, we it's rare that we get all these women in the same chapter all together, right? It's not like we're 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 running around with Vivi on the crew anymore. It would be even nice. though you think she even it though you w- think she's gonna rejoin the crew, go on. I mean, I think she's she's I don't think she's gonna sail around with them, I think, but she's always been a straw hat. Like even even when she wasn't sailing with them anymore, she, like their departing words, she's literally like, Will you always consider me a crew member? And they're all like, you know, they hold up their arms to acknowledge, yes. So I don't I don't even know why that's like what uh, you'd bring that up. Like that's not a fact. <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet that in the Japanese that that's a little bit different. Like the crew member is not something that's like literally translated, but go go on, go on. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my point is that there's already so much that's in this series. It's a fucking massive series. Oda has a hard enough time, I feel like of keeping track of which characters are where and wrapping up some plot. At least he didn't want to wrapping up some plot lines and whatnot that I care if he doesn't spend that much time in terms of making some of these characters like this thing. It would be nice, right? I think it might make the world feel a little like, you know, Big Mom felt very unique because we'd never seen a woman like that before. I don't think that's something that we necessarily need. So I don't, I don't, I guess my point is I don't really care all that much. I agree I about, that, that, that <laughs> they all look similar, but I don't care that much. I was about to start being like, uh, you like that? You never seen a woman like that before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, man, like it's something that genuinely really bothers me about the, the second half of the series, because I think that, I mean, one, obviously, it's only the woman characters, right? Like, I'm sitting here looking at Dragon and seeing Dragon's face, and that doesn't look anything like Sabo's face. And it doesn't look anything like Zoro's face. And it doesn't look anything like Luffy's face. Um, These are all I, pre-time skip characters that you're... But I, I, I no, agree. I'm talking, I'm, 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 talking about, I'm talking about, like, in this chapter. Like, I'm looking at Luffy's face and Dragon's face, and I'm saying these characters, like, Sabo's face, and I'm saying they don't have the same kind of just, like cookie cutter expression to them where they're just making the same face but especially with what we have with the women characters you know what what those the different sorts of facial expressions hairdos things like that convey were something that were that felt really important to the characters when you Mm -hmm. go through skypea and you're watching robin experience her first times with the straw hats and sit around after the party. There's something about 
sort of the pensiveness to her face, her slightly more narrow uh, eyes, her obviously the bangs that just sort of like conveys the appreciation and like, you know, the depth to her character and like personality and how she's someone who sort of like thinks through things. Uh, mm. Nami's obviously short hair just felt very cat burglar-ish. It's, it's practical. She's someone who's like jumping around doing things. And obviously sort of the big mouth is, you know, she gets angry and she yells. And so, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so when she turns into sort of that demon Nami, the big mouth is a part of that. Whereas Vivi's obviously, it's just so much about joy. And she really just seems like someone who's truly like a pure, happy person who has this big old smile that, that runs all the way across, that runs all the way across uh, her face. And I don't, I, I don't even know how the big, the big forehead makes it feel like she is happy but she had a big old forehead and it made her feel like an even just like happier more joyful character i think we really lose a lot of the depth in just like what's communicated about characters through their design for a lot of the women characters like it's not just oh they all have big boobs and ridiculous hips it's like the things that they would communicate about themselves through how they present feel like they're gone to me and that, that's sad. Yeah, that's, I mean, those are all, that's a fair point. I guess I've, I've never, I, I never, I don't feel like I ever took that much, like read that deeply into the series, but no, I, I, I can't say I, I disagree with any of that. I think that's, that, that's fair. I, I, yeah. I want to move on to the award show though. I want you to give me your award for this latest chapter. All right, man, I'm going to give my award. It's going to be the Let It Rip Award, which goes okay. to St. J. Garcia Saturn because he was a Beyblade this chapter. <clears throat> he got shot off with the Dawn symbols, and then you see him spinning around with his little little, little legs flying through the sky, looking like a Beyblade. So let mm. it rip. Okay. Yeah, my award is going to go to Vegapunk, and it's the the Kesha Award, actually. Because this this man is like, um, he's standing here with this world breaking message that he's gonna deliver, and he's just like, you know what? Let me give everyone ten minutes to kind of get like some some video up, and he's just like talking so nonchalantly, like he has all the time in the world. So you know, Kesha has that famous TikTok song, TikTok on the clock. Ah, uh, yes. That's that's why. So I'm giving Vegapunk the, the 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 Kesha Award for not really having a care about how much time he's taken up. <laughs> I guess he this this is a message to be delivered after he died. So he's like, you know, fuck it. Who cares? I'm already dead at this point. But like, <laughs> that's my award. Funny man. Well, I. I didn't. I wouldn't have thought of Kesha, so I appreciate it. You came with that TikTok on the clock. A lot, a lot of yeah. high school memories to that song. Absolutely. Abraham, you got any theories for me? I do. I have F class. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a theory that I think I think you'll like. Actually, I think you'll be. Well, we'll see. You could be a hater and give it an F class rating anyway. Um, Maybe I will. This is. A theory that speculates Rouge and NL are both being saved for Elbaf. 
And that that's 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 the that's the one sentence summary of the theory that they that they're both going to make a reappearance in Elbath. But you got to give me a two sentence summary. Okay, well I'm not, I have more. I just wanted to you know if that was the title of that was like the title of the theory. You want me to right, give right, you all right. the details? Give g- give give me give me more detail than that. I need a little more so, to, to get a full opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, uh, both Endel and uh, and Rouge are from Bir- Birka. Right, one of the Sky Islands, and this is a theory from Dax Daxake, um, the same channel that actually put out that Lafitte theory we talked about before. Right, right. But they're both they're both from Birka, and this guy points out that Birka was actually one of the most important trade centers in Scandinavia in the Viking Age. We know right. that Elbath is heavily inspired by Viking themes, and in order in order to kind of build up a tie between Enel and Rouge. He he points out that one when Urush gets to Rajan Island, we see that he's frowning. He suggests that maybe this suggests that there's a bad connection between Urush and Enel. We also hear from Ganfall when we're on Skypea that Burka once had a great knight that failed to defeat Enel and save the the country, and he speculates that maybe Urush could have been one of Enel's former priests. His moniker is the Mad Monk, so it would make sense that he might have been one of the priests. And he 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 thinks that maybe there's a situation analogous to Corazon, how Corazon betrays Dofi. Maybe once he once uh Uruj found out that NL planned on, you know, going through some massive genocide of Burka that he wasn't on board with it and fought back and lost. And that's basically that's that's basically the, the the details that he provides. It's part of a bigger theory, but I took this out in order to uh, see how you feel about if we were to get Rouge and Enel reappear in Skypea. You know, man, it's interesting because I definitely have watched. I definitely have watched this video, and I had watched that last video. I saw it on my recommendations and everything. Uh, the Lafitte. I was like, nice. why does it sound so familiar? Um, but you know, I, you know, I love Enel. But I think I got to give it an F-class theory because why Elbaf? You know what I'm saying? I like yeah. some of that background stuff about uh, what if Uruj was one of Enel's uh, priests who sort of fell from grace or didn't want to go through with the uh, or didn't want to go through with the genocide of Skypea. I like the idea that Uruj is going to come back because we're learning all this stuff about Lunarians and all these Birka people probably came from the moon or whatever. We see all these hieroglyphs that were out on the moon. So I'm re- I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by a lot of all that backstory. But I yeah. don't understand why in the world they would come back for Elbaf. Like we're already going to have yeah. a lot of stuff and have stuff with giants. So to me, that doesn't make any sense. F-class. Theory. Yeah, for for him, the main, the, re- the main reason why Elbaf is... One, it's one of the few arcs that we know are guaranteed to come up in the series. And two, like I said, that Birka was actually like a trade port in Scandinavia and that Elbaf is Viking themed. What There was something else I was going to think of and and say related to Elbaf, but I can't remember now. If I bring it back up, if I remember it again, I'll bring it back up. But I think those were the, the, main, the main, main reasons why. I, I I gotta say, I'll be honest, I don't really expect them to show up in Elbaf because I think Elbaf is gonna be a very it's going to have it's going to be have enough content in it on its own. And I don't really know how they'll add to the story. Oh, I just remember what I was gonna say. 
the Adam tree has been speculated to be on Elbeth as well. We hear, so we hear, you know, back uh, back when we first get the Skype again, Ganfall be shocked that they took the knockup stream because Ganfall is like, you know, there's another much safer way to get the Sky Island. So people have speculated that the Adam tree, because the Eve tree goes 10,000 feet under the water, right? To, to right, Fishman right. Island. People have speculated the Adam tree will go 10,000 feet above the the ground. Which would mean that you could feasibly use that to climb up to a sky island, right? So right. that could also be kind of a connection between Burka and Elbath, but as if it was on. Okay, that's interesting. I don't know. Still an F class theory to me, but I do like the idea of them coming back. I just don't necessarily see enough rationale for that to be how that would happen. But Abraham, I got a theory for you now about the nature of the world. These are both of my theories today are from Par Vision. Okay. The nature of the world is that people's dreams are sort of an electrical signal. And that's the sort of thing that's evidenced by the way Vegapunk is able to send his thoughts across punk records, things like that. And the moon is the satellite through which people's dreams, their inherited will that we've talked about potentially being able to manifest, etc., go through. Their dreams are electric signals, and the moon is essentially the satellite. Correct. I'll give this... Okay, overall, I'm going to start off with the nice point. I'll give this an S-class for being creative. If I was just judging it on creativity, I would give it an S-class. But overall, I'm probably going to give it an F-class because... This is not some kind of sci-fi series, even if it was. It's like, it seems so out of place in One Piece. I also, we've had this conversation before. I don't like the idea of this stuff about inherited will being something tangible that is, that you, that, that, that it, that it, Shanks is Luffy's father figure and Luffy has inherited his will, not because of some, wavelength some like radio wave connection that has it inspired him that was passed on from roger to shanks to him it was because he he saw shanks and was like this is a man that i want to emulate this is somebody i want to be like and kind of modeled his life so i don't love this theory i find it interesting just because like, yes, first of all, I love the 10 for creativity because that's my favorite thing. I really can't stand all of these theories where I watch a hour-long video and the one piece is a party or a comic book or something just completely ridiculous that I don't think it could be. What I really like about this is I happen to be super into the idea of the inherited will and things actually being able to be passed down. And I do... While I don't believe Laugh Tales on the moon, I do think we have gotten a lot of moon imagery that I think would be that I think this would feel like a satisfying reason for us to be able to say, here's why the moon is involved uh, more mm. so than we actually have to travel to the moon as a part of things. Yeah, no, that's fair. I got you. Let me hit you my second theory real quick. This is not from any one youtube channel or a reddit thread this is just speculation that i've heard in general so i'm gonna kind of put it all together for you that speculates that van auger is actually the person who 
gave Luffy food on Egghead, and that he's the one who teleported Luffy away. Ooh, interesting. So, yeah. So, in those chapters when that happened, the food just appeared, right? It wasn't right. like any... And we assumed that it had to be Kizaru who was doing it because who else could move that fast? Van but we also know Van... We also know Van Alger literally has the warp warp fruit. He could have just warped that food from one place to another. Same thing with Luffy just disappearing again and magically appearing somewhere else, right? It the Yeah, bro. Events, yeah. I got that's definitely an S class theory to me. To, to me, that's yeah. a lot of fun, not just yeah. because it has the sort of ability to make sense in terms of what the powers that Van Auger has. And what we saw happen and have questions about. But the second layer beyond that is that that implies something about Blackbeard's motives and saying, oh, he actually wants Luffy to get stronger. He actually wants to raise Luffy, whether it's as an ally in his conquest for the world, whether it's, you know, something about some yin and yang. But he's looking at it saying, yeah, Straw Hat. You can't die here. We need to make sure that you're actually get up, get okay, and try and do what you can to topple these elder stars. So that's a level of death to Blackbeard's motivations that we're we would have to start asking some questions about. Yeah, it would definitely bring up true. questions. So that's, a, that's an absolute S class for me. For sure, I think it's S class as well. It would definitely bring up questions about Blackbeard. To me, we know he's a duplicitous character. He doesn't do anything if it doesn't actually help him gain something. I don't expect if it was Van Van Alger, I don't expect the reason would be, you know, I wanted I wanted to keep Luffy alive to help me defeat the world government. It would be more like I need Luffy alive to fulfill this part of my plan or something like that. I don't know what that what Luffy's role would necessarily be. But, yeah, we'd learn a lot more about Blackbeard. So I love this theory. I love it more than Kizaru or Karibu being the guy who did it. We're going to we're going to talk about some culture right now, right? Let's talk yes, about I... let's you you know you could get stepped out on if you're a Joe Schmo. But I didn't really think that you could get stepped out on when you're Tom Brady. But there's a story that came out fairly recently. I saw it on TMZ. Well, actually, I saw it on a different podcast that I listened to called It Is What It Is, where I think they got the news source from TMZ, where so Giselle and Tom Brady, uh, if you don't know, they got a they separated in about 2022. I think it was like October of 2022. And shortly after their separation, Giselle started seeing her Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. And now there's some details emerging that Tom Brady's camp, quote unquote, believes that this relationship actually started in 2021 prior to the two of them being separated. And I guess two questions for you. One, how how do you feel about Giselle, I guess? How do I put this? The reason for their divorce, at least from what I understand, is that she was tired of Tom putting his career ahead of her and her and their family. And she wanted to move forward and he wasn't in a place where he felt comfortable giving up on his career at that point. So how do you feel about that whole idea of 
her trying to push him to make family more of a priority and that leading to the divorce. And also just Tom Brady potentially getting getting cheated on when you're Tom fucking Brady. Yeah, listen, man, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I obviously you know I said people cheat for all kinds of reasons. And so with someone in this situation with Brady and Giselle, I think it's easy to understand how Giselle might it doesn't make it right, right? But it's easy to understand how Giselle might have ended up stepping out um while he was someone who didn't prioritize family. The idea that G- that Giselle's just out here saying, "Oh, prioritize family, prioritize family," and I'm out here, and I'm out here, you know, cheating on you. That that doesn't really seem like the full picture to me. Whereas it seems like as someone who's saying, "Okay, like Tom, you've done this for this many years. You already are the goat. You already have been doing this for you know, well, you're 20 years in the league. You're 45 years old. There's CTE. Yeah. There's all these risks that come with playing football. You spend all this time on the road, and you don't put family first in the way that you otherwise could. When you go through that, it's easy to understand how, as that's been your life and your relationship for such a long time, you end up yeah. seeing someone else or finding romance somewhere somewhere else. I think that personally, that that's completely understandable so the idea that famous people and beautiful people don't get cheated on like yeah, yeah, yeah. come on man they always yeah. they obviously I'll, I'll, let me let me say this okay i i don't buy that so i was actually i i actually was on both of their sides i feel like you can call me like straddling the fence until i found like this story came out where that 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 implicated that she might have gotten into this relationship before they separated because i think that that's not okay Personally, especially when you're married. If you're like, you shouldn't cheat in general, in my opinion, <laughs> right? I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not someone who's gonna like ever will cheat. I, I don't think I've never been in that situation yeah, where I've, I've says, been tempted. Bro, I've been, been, yeah, <laughs> but I've never been in a situation where I've been tempted in that way. I'm saying, in general, you shouldn't cheat, but especially if you're married, don't cheat, right? Well, being married doesn't to change get, anything, man. No, I mean it should. You say it doesn't, but it should. <laughs> like what? Bro, if you like, if you if you in a relationship, if you marry, whatever, if you were together for however long, you could be together ten years and not married. If you be, being married doesn't change anything, man. That's crazy. Like if you I, I, like if I you want to do well by another person, the only thing it changes is you got up in front of all these darn people and said forever and forever to people and made me spend all that money that I already complained about to come to your darn wedding. Bro. That's this all is, I'm saying. But, we, but we can we can we can let you get on your soapbox about weddings in another change. episode. <laughs> it does not change the nature of the pact you make with another person. Like you should still be trying to do well by them equally. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I think having a girlfriend or a boyfriend is different from having a wife or a husband personally. That's not really the point I want to get to. Before I before all of this actual cheating allegations came up. I felt sympathetic to both Giselle and Tom because I've never been the best at anything in my life. Like there's always someone who's better than so- than you at something. So I can't imagine how it would feel to be 41, 42, 40. You're like, and you're like, I still think I'm the best at this thing that I'm doing. So why would I quit when I'm the best in the world at this? 
I think that's really, un- and I think a lot of women themselves would tell, like, it's almost like there's a, a, a gender role, rever- a role reversal, right? Where the woman is telling the man in this case, stop prioritizing your career, prioritize your family, which is something that I think a lot of women in society tend to hear. And a lot of women will would will will flatly be like, no, I, I have to prioritize myself and my career as well, right? My family can't be everything I think about. So I I really am sympathetic to Tom as someone who 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 like why would you why would you stop doing something when you're one of the best, if not the best in the world at what you're doing? But I also want to say, I don't think it's an unreasonable thing for Giselle to ask, especially if you have some kind of agreement between the two of you. I'm sure when he first started, he didn't expect to play till 45. He probably thought that he would be retiring. Like most quarterbacks before him retired around 38, 39. I'm sure he got to that age and was like, I can still play. So he kept on going. He's like, why not 40? Why not 41? And if in her head, if the idea was, I will sacrifice for my husband and for my family and, you know, do most of the child raising and, you know, while he's away and, you know, doing all of his football stuff. I think it's one thing to put up with that for a year or two years, but you're like, bro, you, you, we said you're going to stop at 38 or 45 now and you're still playing. Like how long are you going to keep me waiting for? And if you just get sick and tired of waiting, you're like, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I can't make you stop playing football. Your career is your career, but I'm also just not going to wait around for you forever. Right. Well, bro. So that's yeah. why I say I'm sympathetic to both of them. One thing about it is, you also when you say like you know, Brady's the best at something. Like Giselle's also like the best at something, right? And so you know you're talking you're not talking about something where it's like you know you have one person who's the goat NFL player and the other person just been like managing the household and wasn't making sacrifices themselves. What you're talking about with Giselle is like, yeah, someone who was also making sacrifices and probably probably anyway in terms of her career, in terms of being one of the, um, you know, one of the I mean, I don't follow Victoria's Secret like that. But like I, I assume she was like one was, if not the uh, biggest runway model in the world. She's definitely one of the most famous ones. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. you talk to me as she's saying, yo, I also made these sac- definitely if you're a runway model. Uh, freaking having a baby is a sacrifice right and so I look at it and I say Giselle was saying yeah I made these sacrifices it's time for you to do that too you you had this many years and at some point whoever's time it is whoever gets the focus on them and whoever gets to make these choices has to change in the relationship or like it can't just always be one person uh, indefinitely right and like as someone as an athlete who you know who travels a lot like um you know, it can really be an all-consuming kind of thing. You spend a lot of time not at home. You spend a lot of time on the road. You spend a lot of time. And the, and whoever you're with kind of always has to understand that they're not going to be as much of a priority as the thing you're doing. Just period. Like, just straight up. If you want to be as successful as you can. And so yeah. for Tom for Tom to be doing that, I think Giselle was probably like, yeah, I'm tired at 45 of not being an equal priority to this thing that he's already accomplished everything he needs to. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think that that's, that's why I say when I'm like, I understand both of their opinions. That being said, <laughs> just have to, if I think 
if she stepped out on him while they were still, especially with her jujitsu instructor, because that's also a betrayal of trust. You know, I, I'm not gonna like you know if my girl is trying to have like a male masseuse or a male whatever, I'm not gonna be like don't have a male masseuse because I'm worried about him you know massaging your thighs and things get no that that to me that would be that would be not petty is not the right word it would be insecure. Right. But then, you know, you go and you step out with your, your jujitsu instructor, especially if you did it while you guys were still married. I'm like, that's that's kind of that's kind of dirty. And the worst thing is because he's her jujitsu instructor, you can't even like whoop his ass because you can't <laughs> square up with this guy. <laughs> he's going to send you packing. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but if you six four Tom Brady, honestly, no, you never know. Bro, you honestly I'm tired. Never know. I'm tired. You hear these tall people talk about that kind of stuff, like, or these gym bros are like, but how much can you bench? Bro, a 120-pound Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt is whooping I don't care how tall you are. He's whooping Tom Brady's ass. You can't. You can't be fighting against these jujitsu experts. <laughs> <laughs> man, well, let me tell you, man. You know, Mia, I, I, I know we're doing this at like eight a.m. today because you know I was out with my cousins last night. And let me tell you about my cousin. I asked him what his favorite TV series was, and he said, "One Piece." Now I bought him. The first six volumes was like the two double volumes of One Piece a year and a half ago, and he never read them. He said his favorite show is the live action One Piece. What? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's wild. I would have. Okay, I'll be I'll be real with you. I don't have Netflix because Netflix has changed their a lot of their rules, making it a lot harder to have uh, accounts of people in different households. So I don't have Netflix anymore. I've only, I've seen like one or two episodes of the live action. I heard good things about it from people who did watch it in terms of it not falling on its face as most live actions do. But that's crazy that <laughs> like now I'm wondering what TV shows, how old is your cousin? What TV shows has your cousin watched to where <laughs> One Piece live action is their favorite TV show? I know he's nine, and so you know my 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 cousin his uh his mom was sitting here saying like, um was like it's a little too violent for him, and I was like no no let him watch it let him watch it, uh it's cool, but he's very I think he watched it because he dressed up like Naruto for Halloween, so he likes Naruto. He loves sports things like that. And here's the thing: I loved the the live action One Piece. I like watched maybe like three or four episodes in a row with one of my friends. It was a great show. It was a lot of fun. But I'm like, man, come on, man! You can't have that be your favorite show, your literal favorite oh, show. That's and why not I was be like, getting into what? it. Like you have the manga, oh. you have it, you own it. Oh, bro, he's nine. He's nine years old. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But what you, you can't read manga when you're nine? <laughs> I don't know. Look, I'll say this. I, mean, I had really. If you can watch Rush Hour when you're nine, you can read the manga when you're nine. <laughs> you can read manga when you're nine. I wasn't really using the internet when I was nine, but you know the internet was still in its kind of like infancy days when I was nine. It's not what like, you mean. You know, They're books. I bought him books. I gave him books. Yeah, that's true. He he <laughs> physically owns the first six volumes all the way through all the way through Sanji's art. 
He owns that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought say... you were going to say. <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say you were more questioning how can the One Piece live action be your favorite TV series? <laughs> no, no. Like, no, no he's, even, yeah, he's, we're he's not nine, even just yeah. talking about like animes in general. This is like across all of television. You know, like the One Piece live action. I'm like, you must be the only person in the world who has this opinion, young I man. I mean, he's nine, right? But dude, let me tell you though, man, it's crazy because all these people in my life who had, like would never watch One Piece come to me talking about this. My dad has known that I've been on anime forever. He will not watch any anime. And he, he calls me up because you know, he's a big movie buff TV guy. He loves watching his Netflix. He calls me and says, oh, is One Piece one of these? That's one of those things you like, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, watch the live action. It was pretty good. <laughs> he watched the live action. It is. And then. And then he watched like Drops of God on HBO and he's like watching and he's watching all these. He watched the EU Hawker show live action. So now he's watching all these anime live actions and he's liking them. My sister has been busting my balls about anime. She's like not on it. She's a normal person. And now because of the One Piece live action, she watched it with her boyfriend. They both liked it. And she's sending me anime memes on Instagram, even though she, she will never crazy. read One Piece, will never watch the anime, never come to a con. But she's sending me anime memes because her Instagram is taken over by live action One Piece stuff. That's that's too funny. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's it's, incredible how successful it's been able to be in that regard right trying to because right. that's the point of the live action to reach this audience that thinks that watching anime is weird that like right. you said she enjoys the live action and she's still like yeah but i'll never read or watch one piece right right i'm just trying to get her on that wiki because she, she likes reading the plots she like anything she watches she'll she'll read ahead of time the, oh, the she's the, one of those plot of she's movies of books that's whatever that's crazy so I I'm never, I would like, <laughs> I'll never I'm trying get to drop like her the that. wiki, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to drop her <laughs> hints to get on the wiki, be like, yo, Madison, this is crazy stuff that's going to happen if you get on this wiki. And we'll see if she ends up being able to talk One Piece with me eventually. But uh, she definitely is not someone who's, she definitely is not someone who I think will ever actually go read the series, despite uh, my best efforts. Although I will try and get her husband to come to a con with me sometime just because he likes doing dorky things at some point. Uh, but All right. that's about time for today. Abraham's got someone picking them up to go on a car ride to Memphis. We did this at 7 a.m. Uh, so thank you all for joining us today. Come back next week for our chapter 1109 predictions and more proof, of course, of Abraham's wrongness about the egghead incident. You hear me even taking stands today, so you know I have a spine. That's not just uh, that's not just me making fun of him. I have a spine and have real predictions too. <laughs> we are your friends who read One Piece. Get us more friends by liking, sharing, giving us five stars, and keeping an eye out for us on TikTok because that's apparently what the cool kids are into right now. Hopefully that'll be going soon. That's all I got. Peace. Appreciate you all. Take care, guys.